suffice to say that I have no need for faith. Now, before you get all over me about it, I'm speaking facetiously here. There's a difference between what you believe, have faith in, and what you know. In science, it's called theories and laws. A theory is something that there is evidence for, an overwhelming amount, in fact, but it is not without a shadow of a doubt true. For example, the Big Bang Theory, that in the beginning there was nothing, and then for no discernible reason, it exploded into all matter that has ever existed. As a Christian, I say the discernible reason was the phrase, let there be light, but that's for another time. Scientists are not absolutely certain that the Big Bang ever happened, though. Why? Because no human was actually there. Even though all evidence currently points to that, there has to be some breathing room for new evidence to come to light. However, a law would be something like Newton's laws of motion. An object in motion will remain in motion unless an outside force acts upon it. Now this is easily observable. There are no variables that could disprove that. You can see it with your own eyes. Now biblically, who can we relate this to? The seeing is believing doubter himself, the Apostle Thomas. In John chapter 20 verses 24 through 29, it says, One of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Now, eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord, my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Back to my beginning point on why I thought I didn't need faith. My mother passed away about a year and a half ago. She was suffering from a degenerative illness called multiple sclerosis. It ate away at the myelin in the nerves in her brain. Best way to explain it is imagine that your neurons are extension cords, power cables, charging cords. If you take the rubber on the outside of the metal off, then the inside would be exposed, causing the cord to short circuit. Now imagine this, but instead of lights going out, it's memories, motor functions, and finally, your body's ability to fight off infections. Because of this, she was very prone to tons of illnesses like cellulitis, gangrene, C. difficile, and finally, sepsis. When I was in fourth grade, one Sunday, as my sister, my dad, and I got home from church, we got home to a note saying that my mom wasn't home. There was a note from her dad that said that he took her to the hospital because she wasn't feeling very well. Perfectly normal for us. We called her, she said she's staying overnight, so we'll probably be able to pick her up after school tomorrow. Okay, we love you, we miss you, yada, 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 so on, so forth. 
She went in and out and in and out of the hospital at least once a month from the time that I was in second grade, so this was just another day. However, at 4 a.m. the next morning, my dad receives a call from the doctors that says, Mr. Sullivan, you need to come in now if you want to say goodbye to your wife. They had put her into a medically induced coma so that she would die peacefully. She'd gone into septic shock, which nine times out of 10 is a death sentence. But I'm here to tell you that the Book of Acts is not just a collection of stories from 2,000 years ago because miracles do and can happen. The power, the healing power of God is real because she did not die on that hospital bed. Actually, that's not entirely true. She did die that day. However, she didn't stay dead for very long. Just as the doctors were going to call time of death, her heart began beating without earthly assistance, and soon thereafter, her breathing regulated. The doctors told us that there was no reason that she should have survived, let alone awake from the coma. He said, the doctor, that the only medical explanation for what happened was simply an act of God. Now this is evidence enough. Some may say that this is enough to move God from theory into law, a thing that is plainly observable that could only be explained by the presence of God in that hospital room, but also in my young heart, that everything would be all right in the end. But just like the song says, miracles on miracles on miracles, because Jesus doesn't stop at just one, because there's more to the story. In fact, there's her side of it. It was over the course of the next few days that my mom began to slip in and out of lucidity. Now, my dad was in the room when she first came back, and she was completely unaware of her presence, but she definitely saw something else in the hospital room with them. Her eyes began darting back and forth from the ceiling, and my dad began to question what she saw. Birds, butterflies, bugs, helicopters, he goes on with the listing and she just shakes her head and gives him, uh-uh. My dad, knowing what she's seeing but not wanting to lead her on, finally says, angels. And her eyes light up with a hearty, uh-huh. Now, before I get to my next point, I wanna tell you something. Because of the multiple sclerosis, or MS for short, my mother was absolutely terrible at lying. Not once since she was diagnosed with her illness was I able to not catch her in a lie. This is important for the next part. Now once she was able to talk again, she detailed to us everything that had happened that week that she was in a coma back in April 2013. She described heaven. She described being surrounded by loved ones who had passed and being held by her mother and descending into a bright light, pure, unadulterated joy. So this right here is why at one point I believed I did not need faith. Because why would I need to believe in something I already know to be true? But what was that for me? Evidence of the existence 
of God, heaven, and Jesus. But does that necessitate the whole truth about the Word of God? No. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So what does that mean for us? Faith isn't simply believing something is true. It's a complete trust and confidence, not just in God's existence, but in who God is and what He means to you. You see, believing in God is only the first step. I've had this conversation with plenty of friends. They're agnostic. They believe in God, but with a lowercase g. They believe that there is a creator because logic dictates that every building needs a builder. There is evidence of intelligent design all around us through everything that God describes in the final chapters of Job. Simply believing in a higher power is not enough. Because faith isn't belief. It's trust. It's trusting that God will work things together for good. Trusting that God will provide for your every need. Trusting that God is good and that He is just. Trusting that Jesus paid it all and not just believing. Faith itself is the evidence of those things. I may have proof of existence, but that doesn't make me any better than Thomas because you shouldn't need to have proof because faith is the proof. Belief is simply a stepping stone to faith. You can't have a relationship with God without faith. The steps you need to take go belief, faith, relationship, and finally communion once we make it to heaven. Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 11 through 14 say, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. In those days, when you pray, I will listen, and if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me, and I will be found by you," says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again into your own land. A relationship with the Lord is all He wants, and it's all we should want too. I used to say that I had no need for faith, but knowing of God is not knowing God. We want to know God well just as we are well known by Him. And that is the necessity of faith. Now there's one more thing I want to tell you. I am in a very special place with my experiences. Some of it can be very difficult to believe and I realize that, especially if you never grew up in a Christian household or if you believe that you grew out of believing in God. But I can tell you one thing. I can tell you something from my own personal experience. God loves you so much more than you could ever hope to understand. Sometimes it can be hard to wrap your head around and it won't make sense. But if you stop and think about it logically, you have to be here for a reason. You may not see the wind, but you can see its effects. You may not be able to see God, but if you take the time to look, you can see Him working in every aspect of your life. If you just take the jump and promise to follow Him, He will be revealed to you. 
I can't give you the gift of my experiences. I can't force you to believe in anything or to have faith or to even have a relationship with him, but I can ask you to try. Because here's the thing, no matter what, it is never too late. I can promise he is there waiting for you. If you wait a month, he'll still be waiting. A year, 10 years, a lifetime? You may stray, but he'll always be waiting for you. He didn't have to send his son to die for your sins, but he did. And he did simply because he loves you, because he wants you to love him back. Things don't have to be the way that they are, and I promise it will get better. All you have to do, if you're ready, of course, is repeat this prayer after me and your life will change for the good. Now, if you're willing, repeat after me. Dear God, I know that I have been taking my own path, but I am ready to follow yours. I know that I have fallen short of the glory of you, but I am ready to try and change that. I now know that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I call upon you. Jesus, I confess to you my sins. Jesus, thank you for paying the price on the cross for me. I allow you to use your wonder-working power in every aspect of my life. Help me walk in the perfect will that you have designed for me in my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me have a relationship with you. I believe in you. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I receive the gift of salvation today. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, we have some more resources for you down in the description. Welcome. Congratulations, your seat is saved in heaven and all of heaven is rejoicing for you now because you can join us one day. If you didn't start this video with faith, belief, or relationship, I pray that has since changed. Since you now know the necessity of faith, I wish you a good luck on the rest of your faith.